Well, good morning, Community Church. We're so excited that you guys can be with us this morning. I know we're doing it a little bit different again. Hopefully you were able to listen to that little two-minute message by Pastor Mark just before the service. If not, you can go back and listen to that later on. But I know circumstances have changed on us once again, but I want to read something to you. It comes out of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, and it says this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so today we know circumstances are shifting and they're different. But we also know this. We will rejoice and be glad in him. Because he is a good God. And in all circumstances, he is in charge. And in all circumstances, he is worthy to be worshipped. In all circumstances, he is worthy to be praised. So this morning, in your homes, shut the doors, shut off the distractions. The word says that where two or three gather, he is there. So he is in those rooms this morning. And as we worship... The presence of God is not just going to move in this place, not just in your homes, but we're believing today that the presence of God is going to move in the community. The presence of God is going to move in the province. The presence of God is going to move in the nation, in the nations. So, Father God, this morning we come. We choose to honor you. We choose to worship you. We choose to glorify your name because you are good in Jesus' name. So let's honor him. Let's worship him this morning. going to keep worshiping for a couple more minutes here. I had a bit of a vision a couple Wednesdays back and the vision I had that as the people were worshiping and as the people were praying, I saw all these megaphones throughout our community and I could see the prayers being released over our communities and I could begin to see a shifting taking place over our communities. So I'm going to ask you for these next couple minutes as we just press in a little bit longer that actually we all are intentional right now about releasing something over our communities, just like a megaphone. We're releasing this sound right now over our community. We're praying for shift. We're praying for change. We're praying for the release of the Spirit. We're praying for salvation. We're praying for healing. We're praying for this in our homes and around the corner. We're praying for this everywhere. So right now in your homes, just begin begin to release a shout. Begin to release your prayer. Begin to release the sound to the Lord. So the Spirit of the Lord is in this room right now. The Spirit of the Lord is in every room around our community where there are worshipers calling on the name of Jesus Christ. 
And so right now we call on that name. I'm going to ask you in your homes, call on the name of Jesus. Don't just watch right now. Call on the name of Jesus. Call on his name. Jesus, we ask you to move. We ask you to touch hearts. We ask you to move in our nation. We ask you to bring healing to this nation. We ask you to touch people in every home across Parkland County right now, Father God. Jesus, we honor you. We call on your name. We declare that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In your homes, just say his name right now, Jesus, Jesus. We run into that name, the name of Jesus. Just begin to declare it. Benny just said it. There's no other place to go. Jesus, we run into your arms. Jesus. Jesus. There is no other name. The name of Jesus changes every circumstance. above all other names. Our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords, our Savior, we honor you in this moment. We raise our hands and we say, hail to the King. We love you, Jesus. We glorify your name. Your name is held on high. We will declare that right now. From every home, we declare the name of Jesus is on high. The name of Jesus is on high. Jesus. 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 But we're going to prepare our hearts as we transition to hear the word of the Lord. But as the word of the Lord is released today, we believe that the words of Jesus Christ will come. They'll penetrate our hearts. They'll begin to shift and change this community. They'll begin to shift and change our very own hearts. So again, as the word is released, we proclaim, we declare that the name of Jesus will be released in this room. The name of Jesus will be released in this community. The name of Jesus will shift hearts and change lives. We declare this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. Well, we're going to shift and hear the word of the Lord now. We have a special speaker on Mother's Day, and we wish every mother right now a happy Mother's Day. 
But Jen Bannis, my wonderful wife, is going to come and declare the good news. Thank you, worship team. Okay, good morning. God bless you. Um, I, I want to read to you from Proverbs 31, 25 through 26. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. And I just speak that over the mothers. I, I pray that blessing over you today. And I also want to think about and honor those that have, have struggled to be able to, to be a mom, that have uh, had loss. And I want to think about those that have lost their mums. And I, I just really felt like I needed to stop and bless you today and just surround you with peace, with God's peace and with his comfort. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I just declare open wombs, open wombs. I pray, Lord, that you would open up wombs and just provide babies for those who have been longing to hold a baby in their arms. And I ask, God, that you would just uh, break the power of barren womb over their lives, God, and that you would open up to them, uh, that you'd fill their arms, that you'd fill their arms and that their home would be full, God, I pray in Jesus' name that this blessing would come forth, that she'd be clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh at days to come, and that she'll speak with wisdom, and faithful instruction will be on her tongue. And so I thank you, Lord, for this blessing today. So yes, happy Mother's Day to y'all, and um, we love you so much, and we're missing you in this space, Uh, but I'm just thanking God that we can do it this way, which is um, over the internet. And, you know, I I sometimes think, boy, if this was even just a few years ago, uh, we couldn't do it, which means that all these months, we wouldn't have been connected like we are. And so I just thank you, God. Thank you so much. Okay, so God has really put a word on my heart, and um, it's been sitting with me for a long time, probably because I'm living it out in my, in my life. And you know how that is when, when you're tested in a word? You're tested because you're supposed to have an authority in it, and so then you, when you come to bring it, it feels that much more real. It feels that much more present for you. And so today, uh, we're going to sit with holy tension. That's what we've been feeling. There's been holy tension. And it's amped up. I, I don't know if you felt it. I, th- I feel like all the intercessors and uh, burn bearers are like, mm-hmm. You know, they're like, yeah, we get you. Um, but, but there's been a holy tension in the atmosphere. There's been a holy tension in me. There's been a holy tension in the church. There's been a holy tension in government. And I want us to be able to recognize it for what it is so that we know how to posture ourselves in this time. Because, okay, so let's, let's think about what tension is. And, you know, I, can, I visualize, um, I watched this movie. can't remember what it's called now. I never remember the name of the movies. <laughs> It was the movie, and there was the guy, and there was some colors, and it was really good. Um, and, and, but he was a tightrope walker, and he, his dream was to go to New York, right? And hitch one end of the tightrope walk to one of the Twin Towers. Am I telling this right? I feel like I'm not. Oh, yeah, you're all saying yeah. Okay, good. And then hitch, that's not even the right word, another end of the tightrope to another Twin Tower, and then walk across it. Um, which is crazy to me, but um, you just, you do you. And, and, and so when I think about tension, I think about 
if, if he would have put his hand on that tightrope, you would have felt that, that pushback, that tension, right? And, and the thing about tension is that you're sort of, you have to be pulled between two things, right? One thing and another thing. And, and the harder that those two sides pull, the more the tension there is, right? And there's been this holy tension for us lately. There's been pull in our lives. And I think a lot of us are trying to figure out why the tension. And, and you know, I wrote a few things down, and this is just based on my personal experience, but I feel like you're going to relate. Tension is the unresolved space where all the important choosing happens. Do you know, I make my best decisions in the middle of tension. Uh, it's the space where I get to choose between leaning into my flesh or moving towards the holy. It's also where we're usually the most uncomfortable and the most vulnerable because what? We're being stretched. We don't like the discomfort. I don't, I don't like it. It's so uncomfortable. And, and our insecurities and our inner messages show up in the holy tension. It's hard to sit in tension. It's hard to stay in that space. And, and so um, I want to give you a couple examples of, of sort of my ideas of tension and, and why they're holy and sacred. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, uh, Precious C, now those who don't know who Precious C is, it's Ben, <laughs> Ben Lotz, um, he preached, and he talked about... Um, this sort of thing that happens on worship team, and not all the time, but often it happens where we'll be worshiping away on stage um, and, and we'll be in this, what we call pocket, for lack of better words. And you know, like, yeah, there's agreement there, and it's just, we're, we're in this space, and it's good, and it's full, and then all of a sudden, this tension happens. We're being pulled to the next pocket or space or agreement or whatever you, you want to call it. And, and then there's our, our flesh that's like, no, no, we're good here. Um, and, and so then there's this sort of weird moment that happens where we as a worship team, we're like, oh, like we, we haven't quite landed yet. And it's a bit awkward. And, and Ben talked about how uncomfortable it was for him and how it felt a little like, mm, what was the word that you used, Ben? It felt a little un- unprofessional or it just felt, it wasn't cleaned up and it, it was, it was kind of, uncomfortable and fleshy a little bit. To me, that's holy tension. You know? And and we have to sit in it for a minute and and almost surrender to it because in that place where we just go, whoa, I just, I'm so not in control right now. I'm so aware of that. And so I've got to surrender. This is where God meets us. And and this is where our stuff comes up. And this is where uh, the, the, the sacred the holiness of God just comes and meets us in that place. So, so to me, that's, that's an example of holy tension. But let me tell you about a holy tension that I experienced recently. Um, I laugh at it now, but in the moment it was not so fun. Uh, so um, last week, we had a forest fire um, in Tomahawk region. And, you know, Tomahawk is a fair distance away from us, but not so far away from us. And for whatever reason, when that emergency alert went off on our phones, I, 
lost it. I, I think maybe, it, like for me, I've been sitting in holy tension for a while. I've been sitting in this personal tension. I've just been uncomfortable for weeks. And I've been sitting with, with people in their tension and holding space for them. And when that um, alert went off, I was done. I was like, no, we are not doing a forest fire. No, we are not. And, and for whatever reason, I, was, I just got triggered. I was so stressed out. I was so panicked. I was so uncomfortable. And it was late at night. And I could feel the pull of the Lord. Okay, so here we go. There's the pull of the panic and the flesh and there's the pull of the Lord to come into a space of prayer and intercession and faith. And so here I am laying in my bed, and the Lord is saying, come away with me. L- l- let, let me show you in the spirit what's happening. But instead, <laughs> I started thinking about how I should pack up my house if the wind changed direction and Spruce Grove caught on fire. And so just so you know, I'm probably going to have to repent for this. My first thought was, must prioritize my cats. <laughs> Chris can take care of himself, man. He's a big boy. Um, and then it was my, ki- my kid. Just so you know, she was second. Um, you know, I was thinking about, oh, man, where are their carriers? And I'm probably going to have to grab cat food. And, oh, we're going to need litter because I don't even know where we're going to stay. And, oh, where are our documents? Okay, yeah, it's in the black folder uh, above the uh, fridge. And, and then I was thinking about, okay, I need to pack clothes because, well, like, I, I really like my clothes. <laughs> and I don't want them to burn up. <laughs> This is what I was doing in the holy tension of the moment. It was just like, I was just so uncomfortable with that pull. I just thought, I'll just lean into the flesh. Now, the only problem with that was that the more I leaned into that part of me, I just got more and more triggered. I mean, I was so hyper-vigilant, hyper-aware, so ready for that fire to come on my doorstep. I was jacked up. So when the second alert came at about 1.30 in the morning, Luna was laying on my, like, on my chest. I shot out of bed so hard that I launched her off of my body into the air, grabbed my phone, and I was like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And of course it says we're, we're evacuating Parkland County, but as I'm like reading the information more, I'm realizing the wind has moved away from Spruce Grove, and this, this, this is being contained, and it's not coming to Spruce Grove. And then I did the thing that we're supposed to do. In the middle of holy tension, I laid down, I pulled myself together, and I breathed. I took a deep breath in through my nose, and I breathed out through my mouth, and I started to pray. And I did again. I breathed in, and I breathed out, and I relaxed my muscles, and I prayed. And then the Spirit of the Lord started to move inside of me. And then I started to see a vision of the angelic. And I saw this picture of angels, uh, the angel armies, God's angel armies coming around the fire. And they were, they were like wing to wing. And there was like this holy um, force field around the fire. And that thing was not going anywhere. And I started to just pray and pray and pray, and there was all this faith that was coming out of me. And then I felt the authority. 
and I wasn't so jacked up anymore. And then I could sleep. I was done. I was, I was finished what God asked me to do in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, you know, I think about holy tension when I think about Peter. I love Peter because I feel like he's, he's so much like us. You know, like I can relate to him. Um, so, first of all, they're in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus is praying, and, and he's getting ready to die. He's getting ready to die. He's getting ready to lay down his life. And he's asked his disciples to pray with him. And, and like, I just want you to imagine for a moment what the atmosphere must have been like that night, the kind of holy tension that was in the atmosphere that night. The demonic would have been uh, pushing, and, and they, they would have been accusing. They, they would have been trying to lull the disciples to sleep. They would have been pushing on Jesus' um, emotions and saying, can you do this? Is this actually the cup for you? And Jesus had just asked his disciples to pray. Just stay up and pray. And I understand this. It's hard for me to stay awake at night and pray. It just is. I love to sleep and I love to eat. I'm just going to say it. Um, and they fell asleep in the holy tension, in the pull of sleep or pray, in the tension of that, they fell asleep. And, and so they weren't ready they weren't postured when the guards came. And so the guards show up, and what does good old Peter do? He hacks the ear off of a guy. And you just sort of go, Peter, what are you doing? But at the same time, I also understand. It's like, oh my goodness, they're arresting my master, and I must be here to be his defender. And so he hacks the ear off a guy, and, and Jesus scolds him and, and restores the ear unto this servant. That's holy tension to me. You know, where the tension is so great in the moment, and he leaned into one side of that pull, and he asserted his own authority. He asserted his own sense of what was right and what was good, and it wasn't right and good. It wasn't. It wasn't in line with the will of Jesus. And so then we, we, we see probably the most, for me, heartbreaking example of the consequences of leaning a certain way during holy tension, and that's in Numbers 20. It's the story of, of Moses Mm. Ah, so this story is so hard for me for so many reasons so I'm just going to read it to you Numbers 20 in early spring the people of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zin and camped at Kadesh while they were there Miriam died and was buried tension loss, grief, death in the desert tired of marching tired of the sand There was no water for the people to drink at that place. So, in their holy tension, they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. 
It doesn't say that part, but I add it. The people blamed Moses and said, we wish we'd died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Did you bring the Lord's people into this wilderness to die along with all our livestock? So they're annoyed, they're jacked up. Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grape figs, uh, no grain figs, grape pomegranates. There's no water to drink. They're so mad. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people, probably a good choice, and went to the entrance of the tabernacle. What did they do? In the holy tension, they fell face down on the ground. What happens? The glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord says to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff, assemble the entire community. As the people watch, command the rock over there to pour out its water. You'll get enough water from the rock to satisfy all the people and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. So this is where the holy tension starts to become a little more evident in Moses' heart. Moses says this. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand, struck the rock twice with the staff, and water gushed out so all the people in their livestock drank their fill. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because... You did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel. You will not lead them into the land I'm giving them. This was the place known as the waters of Meribah because it was where the people of Israel argued with the Lord and where he demonstrated his holiness among them. So why this is so heartbreaking to me is because up to this point, Moses had been designated as the leader of the Israelite people. He'd been anointed by God. He had been given the privilege of leading God's chosen people into the promised land, the promises of God. And all it took after all this time leading the people, after all that he'd done for them, was in the moment of holy tension for him to lean into his flesh. And all he did was hit the rock two times with a stick. And he lost the privilege of leadership. And he lost the privilege of entering into his promises. And why is that? It, it, was God so unkind? Was God so selfish? No. Moses misrepresented the holiness of God. Moses had been called to represent the holiness of God. And in that moment, 
Moses chose to represent himself. And he gave up his right to leadership in that moment. And I don't want to be like Moses. And I don't want to be like Peter. I really don't want to be chopping people's ears off. But I also don't want to be manifesting my flesh and my will in the middle of holy tension in a way that misrepresents the holiness of God and also wounds his people. And so why is God allowing us then to to sit in this holy tension when it's bringing up all this stuff? What is even the purpose Okay, so then let's look at James chapter 1. You're right, these Kleenexes are in the way. I'm not going to cry. Mm-mm. At least not yet. Okay, James chapter 1. I love this chapter. Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow So let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you'll be strong in character and ready for anything. That's holy tension. That's what holy tension does. So in uh, 1 Peter, it talks about an inheritance. An inheritance. We have an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled. Okay, so you know when we have those moments of holy tension and our flesh comes out and you find yourself yelling at the kids or snarking at your husband or bossing people in a, uh, around in a way that is not holy, okay? There is an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled. Yeah. And we're going to read about that. 1 Peter 1, 7. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. That's what holy tension does. It tests how genuine our faith is. It shows us the difference between my agenda and God's holy, incorruptible inheritance. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. We're gold, and we're being purified in the holy tension. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, your faith is so precious, so precious enough that God will allow a holy tension to pull you to the point, almost like you can't stand it, but we're being purified. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise, glory, and honor on the day, are you ready, when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. That's the point of holy tension, so that Jesus Christ would be revealed in you. So there's this amazing prophetic word that is uttered in Malachi. Malachi 3, 2 through 4. And it does make me shudder. (laughs) Malachi 3, 2 through 4. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a smelter and purifier of silver. 
He will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver so that, so that, listen carefully, they may present to the Lord offerings in righteousness. That's what holy tension does. It purifies us so that we bring a righteous and holy offering unto the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. And I just felt to say this. I declare over you that you are the sons of Levi and you are being purified and you are being burned by a refiner's fire and he has pushed his presence into you and there is a holy tension that you are experiencing but your offering unto him will be righteous because of the testing that you have endured and because you've chosen again and again and again and again in the midst of the tension to lean into the glory of God, to lean into the worship of God, to lean into his heart. And I understand that this is not easy. I was the one that was launching my cat off of my belly at 1.30 in the morning instead of praying. I understand. I'm the one that overeats potato chips when I'm stressed out. Instead of praying, I understand. So, why holy tension? Because this life is not about us. It is about him receiving the holiest of offerings. It is not about pleasing man. I want you to look at the finest picture of holy tension for a minute. And it's this. It's this. It's Jesus Christ, arms wide open, heart exposed, bleeding. It's this. the greatest level of vulnerability that God would become man and he'd become naked on a cross and he'd be pulled between the desire of his humanity which is I don't want to be on this cross I don't want to suffer I don't want to be exposed to the love of the father and the greatest sacrifice of all and the love of humanity That is holy tension. Heart, heart wide open. Arms wide open, heart exposed, bleeding. And and, and so there's this question of, okay, that's Jesus on the cross, but what what about me? I know there's holy tension right now. This is the the most amount of distress that I've ever felt on my time on the earth. As I sit with those in distress, as I, as I sit with the, the heaviness of the world, as I battle the darkness of the world, as I feel the holy tension between what I see and what is to come, there is a holy tension. And I'm asking myself, all this stuff is manifesting in me because of this holy tension. What do I do with it? 
And, and the phrase that keeps coming to me is, but Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus. We look at Second uh, Corinthians twelve nineteen, and it says this. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Do you know, God has not set you up to fail in the moments of holy tension. He has set you up so that his power would be made perfect. Even with your kids screaming at that five o'clock mark where you're trying to make dinner and your husband's not home yet from work and you're so tired. Even when you're at work and your employees are challenging you on your policies. Even when you're having an argument about masks. <laughs> I tease. What, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and he's interceding for us. That's what it says right here in the word. Who shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, COVID, masks, immunizations, blah, 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 blah. For your, for your sake, we face death all day long. For we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor powers, height, depth, anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And what does it say in Philippians 4.13? This simple phrase, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So, holy tension. Here we are. We're being asked to posture ourselves as Jesus did. Arms wide open. Yes, Yes, there's tension. Yes, he's asking us to make a sacrifice of praise. Heart exposed, yes. He will make us vulnerable, yes. Our vulnerabilities are going to come up. Sometimes bleeding, yes. This hurts. But he's asked us to be crucified, hidden behind the cross, right? hidden in Jesus. And so we're going to do some things when we recognize that we're in the midst of holy tension. 
when we're in our moments of trying to make supper and when we're manifesting at work and, and when we're, we're sitting at home and there's a wildfire alert and you're launching cats off your stomach. I don't know if that happens a lot to you. It does to me. Um, but, but also, when I'm saying this, what is wrong with me? I don't know. It's just so hard. And I'm struggling to surrender. I'm just struggling. I'm feeling tormented. What, what I'm going to do and what you're going to do is you're going to leave your arms wide open. You're going to remain vulnerable. You're going to remain exposed to the cross. You're going to remain vulnerable with one another. We're not going to hide. We're not going to pretend. We're not going to fake it. But we're also going to lean into the holy power of Jesus Christ. And we're going to make it about him. And we're going to worship. And we're going to look to him. And we're going to remember that it's about his holiness and his righteousness being put on display. And we're going to choose what is good and what is right and what is pure and what is holy. That's what we're going to do as a people. And so I ask you to ask yourself and ask the Holy Spirit, what does it look like for me to be arms wide open, heart exposed, maybe bleeding a little bit? What does it look like for me to not lean into this side of the tension, but this holy sacred side of the tension. Do you know what it is for me? A few weeks ago, I came to Chris and I said, I am being mentally tormented. I feel like I'm going crazy. I am being so oppressed right now. And part of that is is that I'm sitting with people all the time and contending with them, and I've become weary. I've become weary. And the enemy's been poking at me, and he's been inviting me to lean into this side of the tension, to give up. Maybe I won't be a counselor. Maybe I don't like being a pastor. Maybe I don't want to be a leader. Maybe I don't want to count the cost. Maybe I just want to lay in bed and sleep all day long. And he said, no, you go to your husband, and you tell him that you need him to lay hands on your head and pray against a spirit of insanity until it breaks. And you make yourself vulnerable to him. And you come to him, arms wide open, heart exposed, bleeding. And you, you let him contend with you. And it's been holy. And it's been sacred. And I have found the beauty and the tension. And I've allowed myself to sit in it. And it's so hard. It's so hard. But I'm staying here. I'm towing the line. And I'm finding Jesus. And I'm finding his word. And I'm leaning into those that I love. And I'm agreeing with the truth. And I'm manifesting the glory and the righteousness of God in my weakness. And, 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 and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. In your holy tension. I know you're feeling it. I feel that you're feeling it. In your holy tension. What is he asking you to do? How is he asking you to lean? What is he asking you to say? What is he asking you to think? How is he asking you to posture yourself? I don't think this is going to be an easy answer. But what's harder? 
leaning into this and ending up like Moses. I don't want that. I don't want to be chopping ears off. Or leaning into this, this pain and this tension and this vulnerability and the glory of God being made manifest and my faith being perfected. And this is what we're being asked of in this season. This is a challenging word, isn't it? Whew. Isn't it? Um, and I guess it isn't really particularly Mother's Day message, but I'm feeling this for moms. This job, mothering, whether it be in the spirit, in the physical, or both, has not been easy. Mums, I recognize that you are in a season of holy tension, and I bless you. I bless you to lean into the manifest presence of God. I bless you to hide behind this cross, even if it's on your knees. <laughs> And even if it's you crying in the bathtub, I bless you. I want you to understand that what you're doing right now is changing not just your generation, but generations to come. So there's this song that's been on my heart. I need to take a drink. Oops, Mark says no. (laughs) There's this song that's been on my heart. And I feel like it, um, it as close as possible at this point in time, helps to articulate what I hear the Lord saying to us as a people in this season of holy tension. And how he will help us to lean into his holiness. It's called Defender. And I want to read you the, um, the lyrics. You go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. You come back with the head of the enemy. You come back and you call it my victory. Whew. You go before I know that you've gone to win my war. Your love becomes my greatest defense. And it leads me from the dry wilderness. And here's the part that we do in the midst of holy tension when we're here and we're being pulled here and here. All I did was praise. All I did was worship. All I did was bow down. All I did was stay still. And that's what I've been doing with Chris laying hands on my head. Praise, worship, bow down, stay still until he tells me to move, until he tells me to lean. Hallelujah, you've saved me so much better your way. Hallelujah great defender. So much better your way. And we want to sing this over you. There's more. There's more. Um, But I just, we as a worship team 
want to sing this over you. We want to anoint your homes with the words of this song. We want to anoint your homes and your hearts and your brains and your bodies and the holy tension of this moment with the anointing of this song. We want to help you praise and worship and bow down and stand still. This is what we want to do with you and for you. And so we're going to sing this song over you. Um, I'm going to scoot on up here and change mics while we do that. So, Lord, that's what we choose to do. We choose to lean into you. When that tension arises, we will push back at those voices. We will push back at that part of us that wants to side with the fear, the lies. And we choose to open our arms wide open. And we just say, Lord, have your way. We push into you, Jesus. Jesus. Well, again, we want to wish everybody a happy Mother's Day. I want to encourage everybody today, one of the greatest gifts you can give your mom or husbands, today I'm going to encourage you that when we go offline today, to lay your hands on your spouses. Kids, if you're there, lay your hands on your mom and pray a prayer of blessing. Begin to pray against those things that may even begin to torment them. That's one of the most amazing gifts that we can give our moms today is that gift of prayer that Jesus would come and release them from any torment that may nag at them. So we declare today over the moms, we declare that that torment would be gone in Jesus' name. We pray against any power that it's had, that as of now that power is broken in Jesus' name. It has no more power, no more effect, and not just on the moms now, but on everybody. That power is gone in Jesus' name. And the power of Jesus Christ is what begins to take over in each of our lives. And it will have its way. And it will bring healing, restoration, faith, and life. We declare this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.